Okay, you're moving now. That's good. Your picture's moving. Yeah, Andrea said hi. Tell her I said hello. Okay, that's not and bad. We're going for it. We're doing it. We're going for it. We're going for it. I, I hear you. Yeah, let's clap it off. Let's yeah. go. Can you let's, see me? I can see you. You're 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 definitely staggered, okay. but your voice sounds good, and that's all that matters. Welcome back, everybody. Most awesome and brand new the sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 255 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor, please subscribe, leave five stars, tell friends, shoot us an email at MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, in that red, white, and blue, most awesome. That's right. These colors don't run. They don't they don't, run. buddy. They do not. They don't. Should we tell we, we need uh, to tell everyone and clue everyone in the in the audience that you're in you're in uh, yes. jolly old France. I know it's England, everyone. I was trying to make a joke there. It's a good one. Um yeah, they do if they remember if they're loyal followers to the pod, um once a year for about four episodes, we have real bad internet connection. That usually <laughs> means that your boy Brandon uh went over to Normandy, France, because there's a lot of history here, uh, a lot of monuments, a lot of stories, a lot of city. What there isn't is a lot of dial-up speed. Mm-hmm. So that's just they're the facts, but we make work with what we have. Exactly. I think it's more important, even if you're even if you're trying to trudge through this podcast, because who knows how it's going to sound on the other end. Because if you can hear me, usually it shows up okay. Because yep. you're recording it on Zoom, which we did last year. So it, yep. there's just usually a little bit of pause, which I remember cutting through last year, but not going to do that this year. Nope. So nope. we're going to get gonna, what you get. You're going to get it raw and uncut. <laughs> you get what you get. How you doing, brother? How's it going, man? Doing great, man. Doing real good. You know, little little tired. I had a little battle for some sleepy time last night. Ooh. Commission feverishly fighting against going to bed, which at nine years old, almost nine years old, we thought we would have been past this, but we're not, we're in the throes of it. We're getting it worked out, but you know, so I was, I was up late and then, I, you know, cause that's the thing is, is you like, you get pissed. I don't know if you're like this B I, I have a hard time sleeping. So then if I get, oh, that's I, good if, point. I get if I get frustrated, then I'm up. So it's like, she falls asleep at like 1130 midnight, which is crazy late for her. And then yeah. I'm up until like two or th- two thirty, just seething, yeah, just pissed, just 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 pacing in that dark garage, just fucking <laughs> shadow boxing. <laughs> Got to get out of here, just like go for. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it. You know what used to keep me up that I had to be wise about is, you know, gambling on a game. You know, I had to like I had to quit that because it's like I used to bet on like a Monday night football game, but then like my heart would just be jacked, and I'd be like in New York, and I'd have like a shoot Tuesday morning, like and I'd have to be up at like five a.m., but I'm still like watching the game at like midnight, and I shut that off, and it's either a close win or a close loss. I'm just like you're an idiot, or just like you're a genius. Way to pull that out. But it's just that heart rate can't get right. it back down. Then you're then out. you're then you're just riding that high of the win and staring at your bankroll or looking at the loss and going fuck what what can i get on the docket next where yeah exactly yeah you're you're already starting to chase so maybe if we really had to like if we had to do like a marathon pod maybe it could be commission staying up late 
and I'm setting the over under on how late she's going to stay up. And then both of you and I will be juiced until like 3 a.m. Hell yeah. I thought for a second you were going to suggest a Freaky Friday moment where we just switch bodies because I would ga- I would gladly oh. put like a couple peanuts on some games and let you trade places for a minute. <laughs> You'd be in that. Well, guys, unfortunately, you will have us in the exact same roles that we usually play. And that is most <laughs> awesome. He's the expert. I am Brandana for your episode 255. Guys, we got a jam packed pod. Welcome back. I know it's been a week. We're going to give you a little bonus on this, which we usually do. Sometimes we miss two weeks. We still like to act like we only miss one total week. So we just throw an extra 15 minutes on. We call it good. Nobody calls us out. We'll do a rep from the headlines. We're going to do NBA catch up. Big look in there. Master Domus, how many chips does Durant get in Phoenix? We're going to hit that inbox. Neapolitan Showdown. We're talking bet still Philip Seymour Hoffman movies, not counting Boogie Nights. I remember if I told you to do that most awesome. Or if you remember, one of our stipulations was we are not counting Boogie Nights. That is obviously the champion. That's the one spot. We're going to fill out all the other ones. Brandon and Gambling Corner, we're going to take a quick look at NBA championship odds. Then we're going to, and as we always do with the MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. I broke rip from the headlines. NBA looking. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Oh, because the football season is over. It is culminated no. with the Chiefs win. Um, which I think yeah. we were all we were all dialed in on. We all we called it, we nailed it. You know what I mean? And we, I think we even, did we talk about the, the Super Bowl after the fact, or I can't remember. I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we handled it after the fact. Yeah. Cause we talked about the turf and we had, we had a really good conversation about the ref and how we, how they yeah. should redo that stuff. So yeah, we, this is true. I always, all we had to ask ourselves is like, have we talked about people bitching about refs in the last three weeks? Then we were like, okay, we have. So we must've covered it. Good point. Very good. Very good point. Yeah. So now we're in it. We're in the NBA season here. This is the, you know, this is where uh, sports podcasts really, you know, really come to fruition, really cut their teeth. Right. Because now we're getting away from everyone's fucking favorite topic of the NFL. We're getting into some NBA talk rounding that all-star break stretch. We're fucking doing it, dude. Yeah, so it separates the men from the boys. Like anybody could just fire up a podcast, get a couple microphones, do a Zoom subscription, get travel across the country, across the pond, go to another country, record. Anyone could do that. A a fucking tale as old as time. What not everybody can do is read a bunch of headlines for a week at the NBA and then give their takes on it. But luckily, you came to the right spot. Right. Uh, How bad a lot? Like. I, I'm I'm I say pretty dialed in just because I listen to like enough sports podcasts. Like it yeah. almost feels like the NBA is a little bit like you can kind of read the cliff notes and see the highlights, and it's good, you know, because there is so much. Like I'm not like giving ourselves an out, but the regular season does have a problem, which the you know Major League Baseball is facing, where it's just it's too many games, and especially now with uh, load management which went from kind of just a, a buzz term that a couple of players were doing to now, I mean, it's just league wide and you don't know who you're going to see like week to week NBA still strong. Does this make you less likely to watch a regular season game or what's your take on load management with where it is right now and how big of a problem is it for the NBA? I mean, I definitely think it is a, a an underrated problem. I mean, I, I understand like players wanting to maximize 
their health throughout the season and it's a long season. So ultimately, you know, a couple games here or there won't make a big difference, but if I can, if I can give my body enough rest, I'll be fresh for the playoffs. And that's, that's money time, baby. That's, that's what we're all playing for. So, and, and the, the, the Spurs were the really kind of innovators early on Popovich resting his guys. And then to your point, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of gone league wide, a little nuts on the other end. Um, I get it. You know, the game is, you know, there's more depth and it's more challenging and there's, you know, guys play harder on a regular night or on an ever and an average night, but also the same t- token, the sports medicine, Charles Barkley hit on this point. Sports medicine is, at an all-time high in terms of its advancements, the, the way we understand the human body is way different than the guys that were playing in the 80s. Um, and in turn, we're, we're flying private. We've got chefs. I mean, everything is really like catered to the athlete in terms of their their well-being. So I get there's a little bit of a push and pull. And then to your point, like ratings-wise, watching a show, like watching a, a, a Tuesday night game does not feel like it has any stakes to it. You know, the thing about, I think that we love about the NFL and what's so meaty about it week to week from week one to week 18, there is stakes all the way around. There's, there's something of of significance to the league that happens in that week. And with the NBA, I mean, it's why we're checking in at game 63, basically. Right. It's because like now we're into the home stretch for post all-star break. This is where it's starting to round into shape. And I feel like this is where we start to see a little bit of big boy basketball. Yeah, you're right. And what's crazy is we'll get up to speed. Yeah. Like we'll be ready to go like for the playoffs. Like we'll have like, we don't, I, cause I feel like a lot of early, you know, basketball pods are just kind of like projecting what they think, like why it's happening, kind of seeing the players, you know, checking in the MVP race, but it, Man, this really makes me think. I, so I didn't want to do this the entire time. Since it's our NBA kickoff pod, maybe we do have a little bit of time before we kind of take a look at some of these teams and how they're performing and why they're performing like they are. I, I do want to stay on load management, short the regular season. So if they're talking about two expansion teams, which, you know, early 2000s, it didn't seem like there was enough talent in the league to support that. Uh, now it does, it feels like you could have that. I, I mean, I think it does feel like, you know, a lot like the NFL, there's a little bit of parody. We see some of those like Sacramento Kings teams stepping up, like those teams that we're normally used to not having there competing. So, so it seems like there would be enough talent to support it. My worry is if you do go through a shortened season, if there's any way to actually do that with, whatever collective bargaining or however they do it, just because it seems like all the power on the players right now. And why would the players give up any of that leverage at all? Which would be the, I mean, because the players wouldn't want to, I guess maybe the players would want to do it. So the owners wouldn't want to do it, but it feels like they've conceded everything they could for the players. And there's not, it'd be, it seems like it'd be a tough, it seems like it'd be hard to pull back both shorter regular season and I need you to play more games. I guess unless the players wanted that because the players' price per game would go up. I'm just like live spitball. Why don't you jump in here, bro? I'm I'm drowning. Why don't you Why don't you jump next to me and pick up <laughs> yeah, my thrashing right body and try not I, to I'm, let me undertow you? <laughs> you're You're fucking Jack. I'm 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 Rose on the board, just trying to pull you up. Don't let go. Yeah, you just like get off the. You're like, there's no room for you. I'm like, fair enough. And I right, stink right. To my death. No, no, no. A glorious death. Uh, no, I, I I think you're right. I think it's the owners more so because that's a lot of revenue and potential profits 
lost on let's say if we go from 82 to to 72 you know that's that's five home games that we're potentially losing so that's parking that's concessions that's all these other things that go into you know where owners tend to you know siphon some of that money out so there there would have to be there would have to be some creative accounting or or figuring out on the revenue split because right now i we're going to put me on the spot here. So drink everybody preemptively because I don't know this, but I do believe like the revenue sharing is tipped in the favor of the players. So they get a larger piece of the revenue share than the owners do. And then in turn, profits get, get churned uh-huh. out of that. So, so if you're telling me we're going to go less games and now I, I, you know, as an owner, I'm going to only just feel that in my, my back in my bank account. Right. And players, yeah. I don't necessarily know if load management continues the way it is like, me playing uh, on a 72 game schedule is that gonna like they're not gonna want to give up any concessions on the the salaries right on the on the overall like yeah the, the guaranteed terms of what it is yeah price per game might go up but am i gonna am i gonna am i gonna have to make a concession so if i'm getting so if max like max deal is you know uh 50 you know, or LeBron's getting $48 million and that's based on an 82 game schedule. So if we go down 10 games, am I going to, am I going to siphon off like, you know, 6% of, of my, my 48 mil. I know it sounds crazy when you're talking about that, but they're not going to want to make that concession either. So, and, and I'm happily getting paid if I don't play it's guaranteed money. So if I decide like, Hey, I need to take the day off because my, my foot hurts, then I'm still getting paid. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really affect me. It really only affects the owners. Yeah. I wonder if there's, that's what it would have to be. It had to be two birds. I, I would just need to know more. Like nothing's more fun to listen to a sports podcast. Like two guys that don't know what's going on behind the scenes in NBA basketball. Like welcome everybody. Hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, we could talk about the XFL. So we're doing a solid. Yeah. Right. I just, I guess it would, to me, it seems like they both kind of want the same thing. And I wonder if there's a way to compromise and get there. It would take a hit from both of them, but I think you could keep the regular season the same length. And it seemed like the owners would be like, hey, with this load management thing, since, you know, that's hurting, you know, in the long term, it feels like that load management is going to hurt the contracts with the TV deals. Cause they're just like, hey, man, if, you know, if TNT is like one out of six games that we play, like your starters aren't playing, you know, 76ers, then, you know, we're not going to give you the same fucking sweet deal that we're going to assume all these games are going to be loaded up. So it seems like the owners could be like, all right, we'll drop those five games, keep the length of the schedule the same and now pay the players per game being played, like not count. It get really hard to do that with guaranteed money and not counting injury, but it almost be like, I don't, it kind of sounds impossible saying it, but it would just be nice if some sort of, you know, deal in good faith where it's just like hey like stop taking fucking nights off we'll get a few less games going you know we won't do you know we'll we'll knock off the road game back to backs i mean we can all land to have a better product but it's never going to happen because it's always going to be about the money yeah i really i the more we talk about it the more i keep thinking on like i think load management ultimately hurts the fans the most right our investment level is yeah. the our yes. investment level is the thing that that ultimately gets not not discussed as much, but we're the ones that ultimately are the consumers of the product. So if yeah. we and and could speak to the reason why the All Star Break ratings. I don't know if you saw any of that. Were like the lowest in like twenty years, epically low. Yeah, no one no one gave a shit, and and it's sad because I love I love 
basketball and and I know you do too as well and it's one of those things where and I grew up in the 80s watching 80s basketball and all that stuff so it is sad to see that that's kind of getting stepped on and I think both owners and players are are maybe lacking the awareness of hey what all this does to the consumers of the products our investment level is key because TV rights and TV deals are based on viewership so if you go to the table at, at the collective bargaining agreement and you're like hey we're going to load up. We want more money, this, that, and the other. But if you can't, you know, if TNT is not going to come and say, all right, we're going to give you $5 billion or whatever that number is going to be, or ABC is not going to do it, or ESPN is not going to do it, that's ultimately going to hurt their their bottom line. So owners and players alike should care ultimately about the fan experience uh, a little bit more. And I think we've reached a point um in in sports in basketball in particular where the fans are almost kind of like adversaries to you know i'm not talking about the asshole fans the ones that are screaming and yelling and storming the court i'm talking about us the reason why we started this podcast it's almost like we're at this like adversarial role like shut up and just take it and it's like well or we won't or we'll watch the xfl or we'll we'll do something else yeah because you know I mean? you're right i mean yeah yeah because we're coming from a spot not like you owe this to us it's just like Hey, we're not watching, and this is why. Like your right. regular season product is shitty. Like we're and we want to watch it because, like, you know, what sounds more exciting than just playoffs is like watching seventy two of these games. Like really seeing these teams make a run. Like really, like giving a shit night in night out. It's just like, yes, that sounds fun. But there's just there's no way to know that. And chances are, someone's either going to be sitting out or not giving a shit, and you're just going to feel that in the product. For sure, hundred percent. And um, yeah, we solved it. There it is. Put us, put us first. Yeah, there it is. Hey, put us I first. I mean, John ja Morant, LeBron James, put us it. first. <laughs> do it for us. Yeah, there's a reason that we weren't calling it. Uh, it may be fixes. Uh, okay, so let's jump into some of the teams right now. Um, the Lakers, kind of out the, on the outside looking in to get in that playoff spot. Uh, Rush traded, which seemed to kind of change the overall attitude. These guys, uh, LeBron goes down with an injury. We don't know how long. Uh, are we kind of done? Is this the start of LeBron James? dramatic decline yeah man a boy i hope i mean everything up until this point was telling me no but i mean injuries happen and he's had injuries in the past i mean the durability is is definitely on the decline i mean i think i think we're getting you know talking to load management i think we're getting peak lebron in the next couple seasons for 40 to 50 games a season he might play high sixties, you know, but we're going to, we're going to start to see father time, father time's undefeated. Right. And I know it's not to sound too cliche, but that's really true. And even LeBron and all of his, his athletic freakdom cannot escape that. And, and I think, I think we'll still see like 20 points a game plus for at least next season. I would, I would, I would be shocked to see if we, we really fell off next season. Yeah, it'd be interesting too. Is he running out a little bit of that leverage to try to play with Bronny also? Like, I'm just I'm trying to remember, especially with basketball players, like how fast that just that drop off the cliff comes. Uh, and it, it's probably hard to tell because we haven't had somebody like LeBron James. You know, we're not talking about like your everyday player. I guess the closest thing would be Kobe Bryant, but he had a pretty dramatic injury where it kind of faded him to the into the background i think because his achilles was towards the end right mm-hmm. yeah yeah towards that's, achilles. that's kind of a big one yeah, yeah so and, you take and off he was, like and he was just having the minutes too the, the overall minute load 
just put a just a toll on his body. I mean, we had, I mean, uh, I think Kareem played until he was 42 or 43. You know, obviously Jordan came back with the with the Washington Wizards there. So we've seen it. We've seen kind of in this like not as like physically dominant, but they were able to, you know, Jordan had the the you know, the baseline turnaround jumper. You know, Kareem had the sky hook. So we've seen them like still be able to impact the game just in a different way. And, you know, LeBron has kind of a post game and mid range, but his, his game is really predicated on like powerful athleticism. So if that goes, yeah. do we see him become more of like a, and I hate to use this comparison, but like an orchestrator, like a Draymond green in golden state where it's like, he's, he's obviously way more scoring prowess, but rebounding facilitating on the de- defensive end. Cause he just, his basketball IQ is off the charts. And then offensively, just kind of like telling everybody and moving every moving, you know, being the orchestrator, the maestro, if you will, on the offensive end, but maybe not, you know, not being solely dependent to get 25 every night. Is that the role potentially we could see for LeBron? And then in turn, how long could he do that for? I mean, that seems like a very, you know, manageable if he if he created like a corner three or a post game, that seems like a very manageable two, three years that he could squeeze out of this career. Yeah. I just wonder if there's enough talent around him to inspire him to do that. Like we've seen this team now. I mean, I know they made the chip run with not the, and won the chip, but I mean like last year missed the playoff this year. I mean, if everything just kind of finishes how it is, especially without LeBron, they're going to miss the playoffs. So yeah, they're not even going to get into the playoff a, games. Right. I mean, they're, they're the playing. Yeah. So I just wonder if it's just like, is is this team dramatically missing something that it's not going to have the chance to get before he's completely relegated to like coming off the bench? Or, you know, even if it's like three years from now, like is there, because I mean, they don't have that. It's, was it 2027? I think they still held on to that pick, but that's their next first round pick, isn't it? Uh, it's got to be every, oh, it's got to be every other year. year. So I think yeah, it's, so 2025. Oh, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, 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 yeah they have, yeah, they have 2026. Good. Or 2026. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I don't I don't really I don't this team is is poorly constructed and has been like you know slapped together with fading stars. You know, um everyone talked about the Rui Achimura trade early on that they got from Washington, but it was like, you know, I just this team is this team doesn't have any real young stars, and there are two stars that are 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 there. LeBron, which you know is is his his age is catching up to him, and Anthony Davis, who never has been able to put it together in a full season. And obviously, they won the bubble, you know, championship, which will forever have you know a, a weird asterisk because they took you know, what, what were two or three months off in the middle of the season for the, the pandemic. So it's like, yeah, that, that, you know, that gave him all the time in the world to heal his body. Anthony Davis is, is not somebody that you want to like build a franchise around as we've seen and going into year 10 for him. It's like, I, you know, a big man with injuries though, that's where you see that fall off dramatically. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. don't like, I'm not sure. And obviously they got D'Angelo Russell too, and <laughs> move some stuff around, but is, as we've seen like D'Angelo Russell's name value versus like effect on the game 
um, those two are at polar opposites. So I don't think a second stint with D'Angelo in, in LA is going to really change the landscape of the, the team. Yeah, that's super interesting. This definitely feels like LeBron. It's going to be LeBron ego versus LeBron wanted to be like entertainment, you know, guru entertainment, like just have that kind of entertainment presence, which I know he loves in LA. So I just picture him getting, you know, we, we see what happens when LeBron's not in the headline or when it's not about LeBron, he's great at grabbing a tweet, doing something to like kind of suck himself back in make himself like the part of it. Yep. He's great, great at reading the first 10 pages of a book. I've been shit on LeBron lately. Oh, the first page. If you guys haven't checked that out, Google the first page and the first page. Was it the page one James or something? I don't know. Just laugh yeah. until you cry. It, yeah, right. Oh, it's yeah. your, it is your favorite basketball meme of all time. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it'll just be interesting next year if they if they miss the playoffs again. If they're not doing anything, it's just like what. I just it just seems like he's gonna go stir crazy. We'll see how that plays out. It kind of makes it interesting to watch the Lakers. All right. The Kings, they're so hot right now. What are going on with these Sacramento Kings? I'm really well, so like the lo- light the light, What's light that? the light with the Sacramento Kings, right? The the yeah. they, they come up third. I was I was shocked because I knew they were having a good season and I was kind of kind of prepping a little bit to see them in the third spot. I like this. This is what I like. I this like seeing cool. the Grizzlies. I like seeing new teams, young teams kind of come up. And, um, you know, Mike Brown is, um, you know, a veteran coach there for Sacramento. And I think that they've done a good job kind of, you know, obviously they, they've, they've found a style of play, which is fucking get up and go run. You got De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, who's quick. We've got shooters and, and, uh, uh, Herter and Harrison Barnes. And then we're just kind of like putting, you know, Keegan, we're, we're playing small ball and we got DeMontis Sabonis that we, we pilfered from Indy um, a, a couple years ago. So I like this team. I, I like their fun team. They're an enjoyable team to watch. And yeah, Joao interesting. our friends over there too. Oh, that's right. We got to hit them up. Yeah. Um, where's, um, oh yeah. He's with, do you remember who was on there? Uh, yes. So, Sacramento Kings, to your point, because the NBA falls somewhere in between, you know, Major League Baseball and the NFL, where Major League Baseball, you can just kind of like pay for your roster. I do like, I mean, we both, we talked about this a million times that NBA finds the true champion, but I do like small market teams, like when it happens to like a Spurs, you know, when a, when a Hornets get hot or something like the Pelicans get it on the scene, which I don't know if you describe New Orleans as a small talk market but you would definitely describe their basketball team as a small market right uh to kind of see them get on that and be able to put themselves on the map especially when you have a team that has the longest playoff appearance drought the sacramento kings uh so that's fine okay let's talk a little bit about well we'll get to this later with my mvp i just want to bring it up real fast is damian lillard being wasted on the portland trailblazers like what is putting damian lillard in the shadow more being on portland or the fact that, you know, Steph Curry and the Splash Brothers exist. Why are we not talking about this guy more? Yeah, I know. It's it's really disappointing. I mean, I think I think he even he even clapped back on some, you know, some texts about, you know, uh loyalty gets you nowhere, you know, being super loyal to um to Portland. And yeah, I mean, this they they started out really hot. Like they they came out firing uh on all yeah. cylinders early in the season. 
And I'm not really sure. I don't really know what the sauce is. I mean, I think like we do have a little bit of, he's an excellent player. Chauncey Billups might not be the best coach that there is too. And I know they moved on from, uh, drink everybody because I can't remember. Uh, not Neil O'Shea. Fuck, I can't remember the 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 previous coach who was there for quite some time. Moved on to Chauncey, uh, Mr. Big Shot. Maybe not uh, Mr. Play Call. So you know, <laughs> so you know we've got sick, small... sick burn, bro. Boom, you still got, got him. You got him. Still got it, man. You know, <laughs> but you know they they have again another smallish backcourt. They took a, a a chance on Shaden Sharp. Um, the the maligned uh, rookie from uh, Kentucky who didn't play a single game, you know, and I don't know he's been how great he's been for them. Anthony Simmons, they they moved on from McCollum to get Anthony Simmons in there, and he's been pretty good. And you know, Nurkic, um, they just been you know they just been hurt. They don't, they haven't played a lot of games, and and Damian Lillard's got to carry the load every single night. You know, Jeremy Grant is a great you know, kind of glue guy, but if you're asking them to be their, your number two guy, I don't know how far you're going to get. And especially in, 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 in the NBA and, you know, they moved on. I really like Josh Hart. They moved on from him. They sent him to New York, which, uh, you know, New York, I think is six and oh, since that trade. And that, that's a great glue guy that they gave up, um, you know, for, for, I'm not really sure the direction that the, the, the trailblazers are going, but are they wasting his talent? Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably they are. Do we see this in every every generation or iteration? Yeah, we do. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, guys get stuck, and you know, I I think we should commend him more for sticking with Portland and trying to make it work than being like, ah, oh, he should leave. Because then we then we hit guys for oh, you're you're chasing titles or you're trying to you know do big three, and it's you know I I like guys staying on teams for long periods of time. I like it. Yeah, yeah, me too. You're right, and we should for that it's just and maybe it's maybe he doesn't quite have i mean the nba we definitely talk about that number one like able to take your team if it's just you or make people around you better maybe he just doesn't maybe he's lacking a little bit not to shit on him more but uh, a little bit of that postseason resume that you'd like to see that would make you you know kind of constantly just kind of keep an eye on portland out of the corner of your eye where it's not really you're not doing that you know it's a little bit of regular season it's a let's see what dame's doing dame time but it's, yeah. it's no threat when you get get in the postseason um okay well you kind of transitioned us to that so we'll do that uh Knicks right now sitting as a five seed they have uh won six in a row eight and two in their last 10 what's working for these guys right now are we back is New York back back, baby the Knicks taking over basketball yeah the fucking the the Nets blew up and they're like hey we're here guys and we're we're putting it together like oh we can't let you just look at Bill Simmons we got you we got you back New York they had that great run, um, and unfortunately, they were hot two years ago, and then lost to the the, yeah. the Hawks way back when. And then this year, or the previous year, they kind of shit the bed. I don't know. I like the move that they got. I always liked Jalen Brunson. I thought it was going to be interesting how Brunson was going to be kind of with the, essentially with the the payday and the pressure of New York. But he's he's been really solid for them. Julius Randle is an interesting like star. If you want to call him a star, I, you know, the, the Julius Randle ex- experiment is, is weird. I, I feel like he's a guy that the playoff resume, like we, we assume he should, he thinks he's better than what he should be. He's kind of a lower tier all-star, you know, maybe a, a th- not even a third team and all NBA guy, but he's the best guy on this team. 
but I, I like they're kind of gritty. They got some shooters. Um, you know, they've they've got uh, RJ Barrett, who's like fucking it, and the John Hollinger per he's like the 15. He's like the most average player, but he can do some things. He can get you some buckets. Quentin Grimes is a good find that they got, I think, in the second round, um, you know, from K by, by way of KU, by way of Houston. Um, so I just like it. I like the fact that they can kind of they, they can play their their pace. They know it is. They're going to play hard on the defensive end. A Tom Thibodeau team is always going to play hard defensively. So I like it. I like New York having a good team, at least a playoff contending team. Um, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to grind you down. Um, they're going to, they're going to make you work for it on the offensive end. And they're going to, they're just going to kind of grind you on the defensive end. So I don't think that they're a title winning team, but they're, they're going to be fun to watch in the playoffs because it'll make New York, um, you know, uh, relevant again, which is important. Yeah, always uh, feels good to everybody to have Garden back, New York Knicks basketball. Let's go. All right, Suns right now. Let's talk about it. Phoenix Suns. Can anybody beat this team when they're healthy? What are we talking about here? Also, are you – we'll get into a little bit of Matt Dama, so I don't want to step on that too much with how many chips does Durant get. Right. But are we surprised that Durant's here? Does it feel like – I mean, doesn't this feel like Booker's team? I mean, is this guy not going to learn his lesson about, like, going to other people's team? Is it not like that? Is he just trying to get a chip? What's the Phoenix situation? I think, yeah. I mean, I definitely think he he wanted out of there. I know Phoenix was really – Yeah, he had to, he had to get out of there. That yeah, was, he had to. He was, was... I, mean, I mean, I don't know if there's a better example of just a player absolutely, like, wasting their talents. It's just, like, you put this plan together – you put this bank heist together and like the cops were there before we walked into the bank. Like this right. is a huge disaster. Turn yourself in. It's over. Like start again before you get any older. Yeah. I mean, the, the Brooklyn, it's so funny. We were talking, we had such a big conversation about free agency. They, the, the nets won free agency three years ago. Remember, if you remember, we were talking all about it. It was yeah. such a huge, well, cause like, like and, and we thought, share. and we thought the Knicks were in the, the Knicks were in the driver's seat for Durant. Right. And they just yeah. fucked it up on ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we see, you know, flash forward three ish years later and he's on the Suns. I, I think this is a really interesting, this seems like a very much like a win now because if we look at like the the power in the West, there's a lot of like at the, the top with Memphis, with Denver. There's some unproven, you know, Golden State's kind of hanging out in the in the background. They're kind of hanging around, which is scary. But there really isn't like that. Like put the fear of God on me in the playoffs in the Western Conference. And I think when you put a Kevin Durant who you know put any asterisks you want on you know, a finals run or, or championships titles, but he's been there. And then, you know, and, and Chris Paul has had big minutes in the playoffs and has, and they has now have some finals experience. Booker's got some finals experience. I mean, I think this puts them lead dog, even though I think they're fourth or fifth seed in the, in the West to be like, if they can find a rhythm over these next 20 days, which shouldn't be impossible because you know, what, Durant can excel at Booker, you know, Booker can do pick and rolls and shoot threes. Same thing with, uh, same thing with Chris Paul and, you know, Kevin Durant can get you a bucket in isolation and mid range all day and shoot some threes as well too. And it can take a little of that scoring pressure off of the other guys. Like, I think if they all stay healthy and the question is Chris Paul, 
and Durant, who's still dinged up. He hasn't yet to play. I think he's going to play tonight or tomorrow, maybe for them. Like if this team becomes, if they can get it figured out over the next 20 games, this is like, this is my, my number one coming out of the West. And I think that they can do it. You know, Monty Williams is a, you know, is a strong coach. And, and oh, by the way, they didn't even give up. Um, they didn't give up DeAndre Ayton, who I think has maybe mended, yeah. def- mended fences with um, uh, with Monty Williams a little bit, and they still kind of have some good off the bench guys, you know that, uh, that that they can hold on to. Now they gave up, you know, obviously one of my favorite players, a guy who's played really well, Michael Bridges. Um, but you know, if you're if you're going to win a title, you got to give up something, and they gave up him. Yeah, so Golden State can't win on the road. They're the third worst road record at seven and twenty-three in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, Nuggets and Memphis, they're both looking really good. I mean, you got the, the Kings right there, the Clippers, which always act like they're gonna make that run, but not surprising at all to see them not gel. So just really interesting with these Suns, but just kind of looking, uh, you know, I should save this when I get into Master Domus or remind me of it, but okay. I want to talk about like how if Kevin Durant somehow can't pull this off with this, let's say he's with the Suns for two seasons, this one and the next next season, and that's probably about as much time as we have with Chris Paul, right? Like Chris uh, yeah. Paul. Yeah, I can't won, imagine he's going to have more won. than. Yeah, so if he if Durant can't do this and he's still sitting there with only his Golden State championships, and he has to bounce around and kind of start with a new team at how he's going to be like. Two years from now, he'll be what? Like I think 34, 35. These are all these are all guesses. I'm just saying it gets super interesting if his only chips are with that Golden State run. If that kind of kicks him out of the top 10 for never being like one of those guys that was just like, this is my team, let's fucking go. Anyway, saving that, we'll go off with one more thing. Um, Denver Nuggets. Uh, what do you think about these uh, Joker third straight MVP? This right, we got to look somewhere else for the VIP. Should we not let past VIPs decide if you get it or not? What you take? Yeah, uh, this is definitely going to go down as like the Steve Nash, you know, MVP run, right? Where he's definitely the best player on the best team. You know, talking about like a you know a smaller market team and and maybe not the flash, right? I mean, people don't like you know passing and shooting and and uh you know low athleticism players but he's really so fun to watch like w- this is what we're talking about like the product itself because i found myself watching a couple nights um some denver games late at night and i was like he he makes the game he moves the game so fluidly and everything runs through him and he's got such like just like it's very nuanced what he does, but it's so fucking good at what he does. And and you really don't, you can't appreciate what he's actually doing. If you're just watching the highlight culture, right. If you're just watching on Instagram or sports center, yeah. like it doesn't show up. He'll have a flashy pass, but when you watch him through the game, like dude, he fucking orchestrates everything. And it's so, it's so enjoyable to watch. Um, so yes, we should not, we should not, uh, we should not, you know, guilt him or penalize him for a third straight VIP. Um, and I know there's been a lot of comparisons of like, oh, he's stat chasing, but Denver needs him to do that. And he scores buckets. They run the offense through him. 
I don't see him taking like I don't see him doing like Russell Westbrook grabbing a rebound, sprinting to the end and jacking up like a 19 footer and then coming back and sprinting. It's it's not the same thing. Like he gets his teammates involved and he's constantly like catching, swinging the ball, moving around like those guys those guys get it. And then now that Jamal Murray's back, like this is a very good team. Like this is this obviously no shit. They're the number 1 seed right now in in the West, but this is a really good team. This is a very strong team. Uh, and I, I think he eventually will win an MVP. Although post all-star break, Jason Tatum, we want to put some odds on him, might sneak in there if if he can continue a blistering pace here and and the Celts can kind of knock off the Bucks for that number one seed. Might might give a little little pushback and a young star that they can Ooh. market, uh, other than than Ooh. a Joker. All right, keep your eyes open for that. All right, jumping into Mapstradamus right now. Woo! Ooh, uh, I see the future is spotty dial up. Oh, I see. I don't know. I see cutting dialogue in this episode of the podcast. Ooh. Ooh. Um, all right, buddy. Yeah. Um over under I don't how know, many more I, championships. Wait, wait, hold can- on. My my master Damas turned into a ghost. I turned in I went from Miss Cleo to <laughs> my two, yeah. Ghost, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it is. You're dealing. You're dealing with mystic forces looking to the future. I get it. I get it. She's like, even though once you get to the future, it's not mystic anymore. You're just in it. But yes, I, I totally understand that. Uh, all right, how many championships? How many more championships from now does Kevin Durant win? What'd you set the line at? Oh, I mean, uh, I feel like it's got to be point five, right? I mean, like. It's got to be right there. Well, there's yeah, one. Yeah. There's one championship run, because, like you said, he's in his 14th season. So what does it make him? 30, you know, uh, 34, 30 on a 34. He's got Achilles, knee injuries. Like the frame has been able to hold up, and he's he's got an unbelievable shooting touch, and he's super long. So again, he'll be like we talked about earlier in the Kareem you know, able to kind of establish that mid-range game and always be able to get shots off. But I don't know if he's going to be like the dominating force that we are. I think we're kind of even seeing a little bit of that kind of wrapping up even in his career. So I I feel like this has got to be it. This is this has got to be the run. It's like the bank heist analogy is great. It's like we're getting the ragtag bunch of group guys together for one big fucking heist. And Chris Paul's he doesn't have much gas left in the tank and fucking Devin Booker is the aloof, you know, character who's like, you got all the talent in the world and he could be the best criminal in the world, but he wants to fucking listen to his iPad and chase chicks. Like he's not, you know, so we got to get him, we got to get a head on straight for this bank heist to go anywhere. Uh, It's got to be this year. I, I don't, I don't know if next year they can like roll the ball back out and be like, all right, we're good. Yeah, especially because you just don't know how it's all going to shake up. That's one. Like, am I overvalued? So, point five, I think, is the line I am going to do just because of as a Kevin Durant fan. Oh man, this is. <laughs> uh, and so many things would work out great. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to be a hater. I think my instincts. I'm going to go over the point five. I'm going to over the point five. I think he. I think he would want another ring so bad that even when he gets into that. 
come off the bench thing, like he'd stay a little longer because he loves to play basketball. I mean, that's established. Yes. You can't get around that. Like he, he definitely, he loves to hoop. He'll always hoop. He'll hoop as long as he can. I think he'll even hoop like over ego. Cause he just had the situations where he was able to set his ego aside on paper. And I think he has a little bit of, he can be susceptible to what the public thinks. I think he can be a little impressionable. So I yes. think when everybody was just like, this isn't your championship. You came to a team that already existed. That's when he started second guessing it. I think on paper, he was fine showing up there to a golden state team and being like, I know my role. I think this can all work. And so I still think like he'll want to, even if it's not for the Suns team, which would be great. Cause then, you know, it'd give, it would give Chris Paul his he'll steal. He'll still wander. So I will, I will take the, I'll take the over. Uh, am I overrating Kevin Durant? Am I a bigger Kevin Durant fan than you? Like I'm, I kind of have him in my top 10 knee jerk without putting him on there, but I think he's a great player, but there's something to, and I don't think he is the tough hang, but there's something how all these situations ended that, you know, the Oklahoma city was just like all that talent was together and they just couldn't, you know, they had a good run, but it seemed more important for, I know there seemed to be a lot of individuals that couldn't play team ball and have something special. And maybe they were all so young where they were just, they took for granted maybe what they had then. That was a fun run. Yeah. Uh, You know, Golden State, he did get it, but it ended in a little bit of, I guess I'm going to go since this isn't my team. I do is I need to go find my own thing. Um, Brooklyn things like, you know, a fucking disaster, uh, which has been well, well documented. Like, like maybe one of the biggest disasters of, this team is a favorite, you know, one of the top three favorites to win the championship and they can't get, did they get out of a first round? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think they, maybe I they did. I think they, they might lost. have that. They might have that first year with Harden. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, man, I think you're, you're so right. So it's like, it, there's so much that gets like applied outside of basketball to like that top 10, you know, moniker. If we're just looking like pure basketball resume, and just basketball player, oh, basketball player, yeah. You know, it's like, man, he's got a pretty good case. Two Finals MVPs, two championships. You know, uh, three Finals appearances. Um, one MVP. You know, countless uh, All NBA teams. Right. So it's like, all right. So what is it? I feel like he. I feel like Kevin Durant. The problem with Kevin Durant. Oh, no, no, not the problem. I feel like the thing with Kevin Durant is, is that. He is like such a microcosm of today's modern athlete. Like, obviously, he, like you said it at the top, he loves to play basketball. There is no question about that. He loves it, but he yeah. cannot escape the like social media. I almost feel like if he had been in the, if he had grown up in the 90s, right, this guy would have, we would have revered him every bit as like the Jordans and the, you know, the magics in that peril, because he would have been able to stay off social media. He would have been chirping at fans all the time. Like, I just feel like that he is the, um, like whoever the, like the sentiment of like, you know, struggling to find your passion. And I know his passion is basketball, but like whoever that person is, it's like, you know, they're always kind of like in their head. They're not really in the moment. I feel like that's Kevin Durant a lot. I feel like that's what we always kind of, we come back to because everything is, you know, we, 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 we ask questions and he almost feels like he's hurt by the, by the questions that we ask. And he just feels like this, like really raw, like sensitive athlete 
which we've never really seen before. And we really don't know how to do it. And then we have this like unbridled access to them at the same time. And and that's powerful. And he doesn't know how to handle it. And people don't know how to handle it. And I, I just feel like he's so misunderstood in, in, in who he is as a person. And we, we almost like give like a, secondary thought to like the love of the game and the craft work that he puts in and how talented he is. And we start looking at all like the tweets where he just fucking, you know, he shit talks online and we look at that and we say, Oh, you're a title chaser. You went to golden state. And it's like, if we were put in those positions. We would probably choose the best position that we could go into and make the most amount of money and be the best at our game too. Right. So like, I don't know. I yeah. just, I struggle with it. I struggle with Kevin Durant because I, I do like I do like watching him. I like, I like them at Texas. I like them, you know, in, in Oklahoma, uh, the nets were a bit of a disaster, but this is, this is a new thing. And I, I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. for him to, uh, I'm hoping for him to find a, finally put it together here and find a, figure out a way to like have harmony in his life. You got it. That's what we're doing. We are rooting for Kevin Durant's podcast. We're going to take the over. That's how we predict it. Lock over, it down. Baby. Bet on it. Don't get carried away. All right, inbox. Let's jump into it. All right, JG from our email of the pod, Jenny Garofalo or Jimmy Garoppolo. Can you connect them by Mabry the separation? Oh yeah, that thing. No, oh, I sprung this on us. Um, oh okay. Oh great. This is going to be great. Great podcast right here. I could do I can do it pretty quickly. So actually, yeah, good. Janine Go Janine Garoppolo to mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Yes. I, I can do this in. Let me see here. This is on the spot. This is pretty. This is pretty impressive. Um, I think I can do it in. I can do it in three, probably two. Let's just say three. Um, okay, I can, I can do it in four. But you can go do it in four. Oh, okay. All right. I can do it so, in four. Yeah. So, um, so uh, Jimmy G, uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, mm -hmm. went and his run game coordinator at the time at San Francisco was a young plucky uh now head coach of the miami dolphins mike mcdaniel mike mcdaniel yeah um we love we're big fans of mike mcdaniel he grew up and was best friends with comedian dan soder and in, in middle school and elementary and still are, are friends today dan soder comedian out of new york um had a show called the bonfire uh, with Big J Okerson, who also has a, a podcast called Legion of Skank, where Jeanine Garofalo was a guest on inter just she popped on uh on the podcast. So I got it in, I'll give it three. So Mike McDaniel, Dan Soder, Big J Okerson to Janine Garofalo. And you nailed it. I'm still trying to work out Tom Hanks to Ben Stiller. <laughs> Why can well, I not? Why Tom is Hanks. that dead? Tom end? Hanks to Ben Stiller. Okay, so Tom yeah, Hanks. or 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 I got Tom Hanks to Tom Hanks to Jack Black. Tom Hanks to Tom Hanks to Robert Downey Jr. 
Then there's got to be someone else in there. Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise to <laughs> Jack Black. All right, so here's what I was doing. I was doing uh, so Jimmy G, uh, quarterback for the 49ers, used to be quarter backup quarterback to Tom Brady. Nice. Tom Brady is in 80 for Brady. Perfect. So Tom Brady to Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon to Tom Hanks or Gary Sinise and Forrest Gump. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm trying to. So Ben Stiller. Oh, Janine Garofalo was also with Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke in Reality Bites. Yep. So so if I can get Tom Hanks to Ethan Hawke, if I can get Jack. Sorry, oh, man. Uma, Uma Thurman is... or. Uh, uh, yeah, Uma. Uma, Oprah, David Letterman. There you go. You're taking the scenic seven. Oh, they're both on David Letterman. Yeah. Yeah. Scenic go. seven. There you go. David Letterman. <laughs> there are somewhere in there. Oh man. I'm going to repeat that. Thank you. Put us on the spot. Good job, bro. You saved yeah. us. Thanks. No, no problem. Man. Saved us. That's why that's, that's, right, why, that's what we do. It. That's what we do, buddy. Save me twice. Uh, if most awesome is indeed most awesome, then answer this. Who won the first bud bowl? Oh my God. The bud bowl. Oh man. Yeah. Do you remember this? Budweiser remember versus this? Bud Light, right? This is what it was? Uh it was. Yep. And it appeared during Super Bowl 23. That's oh, when man. the 49ers beat the Bengals 20 to 16. And this is pre uh you know the, do you know the answer to this? Do you do you know the answer to this? 1989. I do. I do know the answer. Well, because I looked it up. I didn't Good. I didn't have Good job. it. I looked it no, up. No, that's fine. Um, usually no. this emailer drops the answer to us really made me fire my internet, work, which usually I don't take for granted, but <laughs> while I'm here, less internet, the better go ahead and provide those answers. Oh man. I, uh, man, I feel like the bud bowl was to prop bud light up. Budweiser was always already established. So I love this. This is a great commercial. This is the heyday. I, I honestly think of super bowl commercials. You got the Budweiser the frogs, you know, Dr. Yeah. Gally Weekett's, you know, stealing the the limo. This is we got some great Super Bowl commercials in here. I'm gonna say Bud Light won the first Bud Bowl. Budweiser won 27-24. Damn it. Sorry, bro. That's all right. I knew it was gonna be a tight game. I remember there's it was great. I love it. Yeah. I, who can we find out who created the Bud Bowl campaign? Because that's that's fucking brilliant. I love it. I think it's so fun. It was uh, it was Tom Hanks with was it? oh Jack Black, Tom Hanks Jack and Bill Stiller through Budweiser, Anheuser Busch, Budweiser Bowl. Seattle, they were there, or excuse me, St. Louis Cardinals. Cheers. I thought it was. I thought it was your spider. I thought you, you said you're all right, spider. Ooh, we're dusting off an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, bring it back. Some of them just stay forever. Some we don't can't even remember what left, but some of them circle back every once in a while. All right, Matt LeBron. LeBron uh passed Kareem's all-time points record. Uh, does this cement his place on the NBA Mount Rushmore? Oof, I think it has to, right? I mean, well, the, the Mount Rushmore LeBron top four. Yeah, yeah. Right. One of those spots has to be for all all-time points leader. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have you got to have Jordan, LeBron. Did you put Magic yeah. on there? Or do you put Kareem on there? Like Bird? Bird? Kobe? Where's my boy Kobe at? I know, right? It's tough. It's Kobe's tough. on there. It's Bill on. Russell? 
Bill Russell. Yeah. I mean, you got to have one of the, the old era guys, right? Yeah. What, what Jersey? Yeah. Does Michael LeBron. LeBron on? Yeah. Does LeBron go with Cavs Michael jersey? LeBron for sure. Oh, um, which is weird. Cause I almost would put heat last, but he won the most chips with the heat. Yes. Yeah, the Heat one, that one felt like, again, we talked about KD. It's like the original, the OG, like chasing a title. Uh, although they had right, but did it right. Him. Yeah, did it right, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, that one, uh, I, I kind of have to, I kind of feel like he has to go down as like a Cleveland. Like I will forever remember him. Most of those early highlights, Cleveland memories. The Heat kind of felt yeah. like you, like you, like you, you know, like at Contra, you got 99, you get infinity lives. Like that's kind of what it felt like to me. It's like, but the, the Cavs run beating the golden state warriors, that one, that block that stands out as like the pinnacle LeBron moment in that series. So put him down for the Cavs Jersey for me. Yeah. Uh, the Cavs Jersey, cause he's from Cleveland. He returns to there. Yes. Uh, I like all your analogies. Uh, he went back to Cleveland to get a championship. He would have been fine if he didn't win one in Miami. He would have been fine if he didn't, but he was going to will himself to win one in Cleveland. Yep. Uh, yeah, and like the Heat felt a little bit like, let's show off what we can do as just like an all-time all-star team. And Cleveland Cavaliers were still just like, I'm going to win these, will these guys to win one. And then, you know, uh, Lakers is trying to be an entertainment mogul, which Space Jam 2 not a good start. <laughs> kind of got right, one last email. Dog shit. Uh, tall enough for ride. You guys remember the Michael Vick experience commercial? Link is below. You remember it? Yes, I do. We can't play it. It's like you're it's... on a little like. You yeah. won't be able to see it. <laughs> Correct. Uh, if they were going to redo this commercial now, what present day pro athlete would make the best ride? This is good. This is good, bro. Let's pick one from uh, the two sports we cover. Okay. Um, I I kind of feel like the Mike Vick experience. I kind of feel like Lamar Jackson kind of has to be up there, right? Like I felt like yeah. from, from that respect. Yeah, I, I had Lamar Jackson. I wanted to go Kyler Murray a little bit just because it almost seems like life-size. Like you can just show up the height <laughs> you are and get like the real experience. But he's, I mean, just how public of a tough hang he is. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking Lamar Jackson. Um, and then I think basketball, look at this one, buddy. Ja Morant. Oh, perfect. You absolutely yeah. nailed it. It's perfect. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I, when I thought about it, I was like, Ooh, you know what it would have been a, a great one is like peak triple double Russell Westbrook. That would have been like, that yeah, would have yeah, been, yeah, 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 yeah. been crazy, but now we're getting John Morant and the, some of the posterizing dunks would have been insane plus exactly. you're out there you're dancing you're having a lot of fun the braids swinging in the air give me that experience yeah I mean, that's that's something i would never i never know what that would feel like to jump like that just like give me that long hair and i get a dunk what's up perfect sign me up um all right neapolitan showdown brings to the jam so let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye
All right, buddy. Top three Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, movies. I've been a big fan. We're not going to count Boogie Nights. That was always great. Philip Seymour Hoffman, he registered on your radar. Were you a little bit of just like, ooh, he's showing up. Like, I got to get into this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then with then here, the anti Clooney, right? Is you go back and you look at it, you're like, holy shit. I forgot like yeah. the the full range of, because I'll put this one in my, my, uh, console bracket but dr mrs commission really liked the hunger games she liked the books you're like oh yeah that's right he's in the yeah. hunger games too oh that's right he's in all these like you know comedies right there's great scenes of him just like comedically being there and then obviously having all the dramatic stuff as well too like five tool actor all the way 100 percent yeah, full full range, a gamer. You're right. He'll do the franchises. He'll do the, I mean, I'm just going to mention it because I'm confident it's not on your list. He'll do the Love Liza's, which is just, you know, a short indie about him being a gas huffer. He did the little flawless movie where he plays a drag queen opposite Robert De Niro. Uh, I can't name too many more without actually chipping off one on your list because who knows, sure. bro? I, I know, man, your range of movie eclectic as hell. I know you all <laughs> over the map. So I'm, <laughs> I won't even guess. I know you're good. Uh, my number three spot, I thought maybe we're going to mention we talked about his comedy. I had to throw one of the comedies on there. You kind of forget how funny it can be. Raindrops. I'm talking Along Came Polly. Yeah, I almost said that, but I was like, I don't know if that's going to be on there. I just had, I, I just remember the like, the the basketball scene is great. And I also remember yep. the, speaking of Ben, ben Stiller, like, was it him yep. or was it Philip Seymour Hoffman that took the, like the sweaty, like, Harry guy. I think it was Ben Stiller that just kind of like got the, the face yeah, all against that. Face. Yeah. That yeah, is a funny he's like, movie. Already, I, he's like, I already got my guy figured out. I got my guy figured out. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I remember this. So this is, has Jennifer Aniston in it too. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I've seen this like a multi-watch view. So I couldn't put it on there cause I can only remember the basketball shot. And I was like, I don't remember much about that you know what i mean i remember raindrops but it's a good one it's a good number three yeah kind of got swept in the rugs like his thing is like he's doing a true he was a child star in this movie and he's doing a true e hollywood story on himself which you don't find out till the end like he steals one of the lead roles like in the uh they're doing jesus christ superstar and he steals the judas role from like the other kid and you find out like he's only been taping himself it's it's funny it's a good performance what's your three spot bro my number three uh i don't know if this will show up on yours i don't think we ever talked about it but i i found the movie i don't know how good the movie was but i found him fascinating to watch i'm going with uh and the biopic capote truman capote playing that the author of in cold blood i thought like just a phenomenal performance obviously won an oscar for it so that's gonna you know we're gonna chase a little bit that but i really like the movie and i don't remember a lot of people talking about the movie but i thought the movie was very good Oh, I like it. I like when you like one of these slow burn movies, like just a good yeah. drama fire up there, dim the lights. Uh, yeah, this was on my console because I haven't seen it. And it's embarrassing. Like I need to see the Capote. Uh, a little fun fact, when we went to New Orleans for my birthday, my 40th birthday, I like to buy like I like to go to a bookstore, buy a little book by a local author. Um, oh. Truman Capote is from New Orleans. So I actually bought the book in cold blood at that bookstore. What's oh, up? you did? Oh, I didn't realize that. That's cute. That's fun. That. Um, yeah. I have it here. <laughs> I have it here in France with me. I need to read it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Speaking of, I was thinking about that for potential book club. I was like, oh, maybe that'd be a good one to, to think about because I hadn't thought about it 
since I was like looking up to do this stuff, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good book. Yeah. And obviously love love Catherine Keener uh, and then Clifton Collins. Very good. Solid role player actor. Very fun. Well, that's an Oscar. That's an Oscar pick. So you're definitely, you're ahead right now. You're ahead one gold statue. All right. Look at number two. Got to go with this. My favorite movie of all time. You know, I was going to have to make it on there. I'm going to yep. go with, uh, plays his own name. Phil Parma plays the, it's an understated performance, but he's really good as the male nurse that helps um, Tom Cruise's dad. Yes. Well, no spoilers, but. Uh, he's he's in home in home hospice uh, right before hospice care. He's in home care for uh, Tom Cruise's dad. I knew I knew it was going to make it on here. I didn't think yeah Magnolia could be put number one because, like you said, of the characters that stand out in Magnolia, this is very much like a secondary yeah. character. But like you said, understated performance, solid performance by him. I just can't remember. I'm sure you can, but it's a little that's a little loaded question. But I just can't remember like an ultimate like scene or line from him in that movie. I can think of other things in Magnolia, but that I can't like grasp that memory. So I, I didn't have him on my list. Yeah, it doesn't feel like he has so he yeah, he has the moment where he's I mean he's kind of supporting. He's supporting uh you know Julian Moore. Uh she's definitely like kind of freaking out, but oh yeah. He, um and Robert's like he's definitely like kind of acting on him, but he does have the scene where he does the drop of uh, morphine on his on his tongue, which is definitely kind of the uh, the kiss goodnight when you're ready to transition to letting go, and he's kind of tearing up in that. So it's, but but that's what I like about it is like he doesn't he's like especially Julian Moore is like way over the top. He doesn't feel like he has to go to it for till like he stays true to the character. And a funny funny scene when he calls to try to get the uh the Hustler magazine to try to find Frank TJ Mackey's little <laughs> ad for Seduce and Destroy. Yeah. Seduce and Destroy. What a great bucket. What a what a great name. Um perfect. Uh so I'll go with another secondary character but but great almost serving as the 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 conscience for the main character i'm going almost famous lester bangs in that where he serves as the the rolling oh Stone. yes great one this is this man is such see, a he's good like he has so many roles like you're exactly right yeah it's it's great go 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 yeah no so just he, like you said he serves as the conscience for and I'm, I don't know movies that well, I can't remember the guy's name. The kid, the kid, and the, the 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 Cameron Crow kid in the fucking movie, and he's great at yeah. it. He just has these like long winded rants, and I just love the relationship is basically just through the telephone, right? Just having these like long winded, and the, he's just this like, you know, fully consumed you know, music file who just like knows everything, loves music. And I love those guys that are so like, so into one specific thing. Obviously music is, is not just one thing, but just loves it. And just has like such a hot take on it. He would have been such like a interesting kind of character to explore, but we just got to see him in these little snippets and kind of guiding and shaping, uh, you know, the, the young kid in, uh, in, uh, in almost famous. Yeah, so he has a line where he's just like, but we're not cool. Like, he's just like, yes. <laughs> let him know it's just like them as Rocco, they won't be cool. He asked him, he's just like, what are you listening to right now? He's like, still watering. He's like, God damn it. And he just like slams and hangs up the phone. On the right. kid. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I th- I think when they first meet in person, he's just like, look, kid, I can't just stand here and hang out with my fans all day. And it's a quick cut to them, like inside of a coffee shop, still hanging out. So, yeah, so it's, good. It's oh, great. man, that's, 
Uh, again, I'm going to have to give the nod to you. You are bringing the heat today. Thank brother. you. Thank you. Um, was my he number heat? one's a little bit of a. <laughs> he wasn't. Oh. oh, okay. Is is that a block? Are you guessing that's no. my block? No, 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 he no, might have no, been no, in no. heat. No. I think he played Val Kilmer's uh, assault rifle in Heat, if I remember correctly. <laughs> exactly. He played the baby. He, he played that. the baby between. <laughs> he did. It's so great. The Tom Sizemore help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my third slot, I'm going to give the talented Mr. Ripley. This movie, when it came out, I didn't get it. I was too young, but. Uh, he plays the best friend of Jude Law. Yes. The one that's kind of like suspect of Matt Damon a little bit and kind of calls out Matt Damon and eventually gets murdered by Matt Damon. Yeah. But the only one that kind of sniffs out like Matt Damon's bullshit. Uh, just kind of like a great performance, like a very inner, earnest Hemingway performance of just kind of like flying in, like boisterous American, like outside, like traveling over there. It just kind of like, you know, it creates that little jealousy thing between Matt Damon. It's uh, just a really, really good role. So I put that in my one spot. I I like this. I came across the town Mr. Ripley and I was like, man, was this a dog shit movie or was this a much better movie than I think I remember? Because I, I was like, Matt Damon, I remember having a strong performance. I remember having like this, you know, his ability to just kind of like morph into the world of this high society. And then I remember, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is this like, like you said, Ernest Hemingway. I just remember being like this, the like ultimate waspy, like, you know, entitled in the yeah. you know, fifties era coming in there and just a bull in a China shop, but also snuffing out like, yeah. all right, you're not, you're not one of our people. I can tell it already. And I love, like, I love that character. I, I think we almost need it. There's a lot of movies on here of his that I needed to like revisit. Cause I was like, that's a good, that's a good movie. It's a good performance. And I like it. Um, this one, my number one, I don't need to revisit this all. I've watched this. I, you know my rule. I don't really watch movies over again. But this movie I've watched many, many times. I'm going with Brant from The Big Lebowski. Fucking great. The assistant to the other, the other <laughs> Lebowski. <laughs> Very, uh, uh, free-spirited. Yes. Mar- marvelous. Brant can't watch her. Otherwise, yeah. he's got to pay. Um, I just love that character. Her life is in your hands, dude. Her life is in your man, hands. Man, don't, man, don't repeat. <laughs> Her life is in your hands. Just such a good one. Just such like a, a a very like, I can't imagine what was on the page for him to create that character. But he, like, I saw that guy and I was like, I know exactly who this assistant is to mm. this guy. And like, just his like fuddy duddiness, the whole thing was just, was great, but also carrying out the bidding of a fucking sociopath who is, you know, uh, a, a, a fucking horrible person. Uh, I thought it was great. I love the movie. Speaking of not getting the movie, like that's a movie that you, you, there's so much underneath the surface of it, you know, and you're like, I don't know. I, I there's funny scenes and there's just funny stuff, but there's a lot of stuff going on beyond it that you're like, Oh, this is like interesting and smart and like a real cut of the time of when it was supposed to be going on that uh, I thought to be very interesting. And the references are great in the, the movie as well, too. It's so good. Uh, I mean, it's just some ones I want to, it's just so many, we could have done part one and part two, but to run through For these sure. down console bracket, um, the waterbed owner in punch drunk love. I mean, there's just a little short, these are little short scenes of him blowing up. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, hard eight. Like he has another scene where he blows up when, 
you know, Philip Baker Hall's throwing the dice. It's just, yeah. uh, it's absolutely great. Uh, 25th hour, talk about another one of his kind of, I, he can go from just like crazy amped up guy to a little bit. He plays like a pushover nerd that falls in love with one of his students. It's uh, it's legit wild ride. In Mission Impossible, he plays uh, a bad guy. Just like, he's all over the place. So these are all good. Uh, I'm going to, you have anything on your concept, bro? Uh, the only thing I'm surprised you didn't mention, Nothing Moneyball. Good playing the manager right talk about range Moneyball, yes i saw that too yeah i know and he's just like it just so seems like it puts the role first uh okay so that is we're gonna give the win to you brother i oh, thought i walked you. in here and really i was gonna flex around but you i mean really digging for those flicks you got them um okay we'll jump to mvps real fast guys we'll hit the nba futures next time running out of time we are doing this podcast wednesday a day game from a boy most awesome we'll let him get back to that Einstone, but thanks for popping it on here. Guys, MVP of the week. I'm giving it to Damian Lillard. Hinted about it earlier. Put 71 on the board. Guys, I'm fucking around. That's I like it. my MVP. I like it. I like it, B. I like it when you come. I'm I still we can't let football go. Um I, I love this nope. guy. I love I love the the sod father himself, George Toma coming out and just fucking eviscerating the the management of the 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 turf there coming out there calling us talking about they should have sanded it twice they only did it once they watered it and tucked it right in under the thing starting to smell stinky i love it i love guys that are super passionate about (laughs) the most benign things and this guy fucking talk about a flamethrower he took it he's he's a real crabgrass if you catch my drift um so I, <laughs> I do, man. Yeah. So I love George Toma, the sod father. Let's fucking go. Oh, love it. Who would have said we're going to talk about a guy that loves his grass? We would have ended with the sod father. But <laughs> we got guys, it may be sports podcast. You want to send us an email? It may be sports podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank my boy for doing that play, that game play, getting it done during the day. Appreciate it. I am Brandon. I want you to sign yourself off. Most awesome. Audience, we are coming out with a new motivational uh, subject called Search and Podstroy because you must respect the Mab. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.